right, we'll take some time and lift these people up in prayer here tonight as the Lord leads us to uh, later on. But first, let's uh, turn this evening to 2 Samuel chapter 6 tonight. 2 Samuel chapter 6, and last week, if you remember, we looked at the first part of of this story that uh, as David is now uh, king over Israel, he is wanting to bring and set up, uh, bring the Ark of the Covenant back to Jerusalem, that central place to set up a, a place of worship in between the northern and the southern kingdoms, a central place where the king is uh, so that he can be in the presence of the Lord and that he can minister properly uh, to, the, to the people of Israel. And we saw that that was a good thing. But then they put it on a new cart, and they weren't supposed to do that. They, they, they didn't know the word of the Lord. And we, we saw just through a, a series of uh, the, the beginning parts of the chapter there that uh, we need to, as God's people, as God's chosen children, we need to be consumed with the heart of God. And we saw the first part of that last week was that we need to be pursuing God's word. We, we need to... When we're consumed by God's heart, we, we have a passion to know his word. We have a passion to know what he says and how, how we should act. And when we don't hold God's word close, what happens to us? We lose our fear of God. And we ended last week with this verse, Proverbs chapter 19, verse 23. The fear of the Lord tendeth to life, and he that hath it shall abide satisfied. When we have the word of the Lord, when we have a proper, proper fear of God, then we are going to be full and we're going to be satisfied. I'm going to read a couple verses uh, just from uh, the, the beginning portion of this chapter just to give us some context. And then we'll go into the second portion of this. But verse 6 says, And when they came to Nacon's threshing floor, Uzzah put forth his hand to the ark of God and took hold of it, for the oxen shook it. And the anger of the Lord was kindled against Uzzah, and God smote him there for his error. And there he died by the ark of God. Verse 8, And David was displeased because the Lord had made a breach upon Uzzah, and he called the name of the place Para-Uzzah to this day. Let's ask the Lord to continue working on our hearts about how our hearts need to be consumed with his heart. Father, would you show us tonight, uh, Lord, just uh, where we, uh, Lord, uh, tend astray as your sheep. And Lord, would you bring us back into the fold tonight, Lord, where we have gotten off. Uh, Lord, counted your word as unimportant to us. Lord, I pray that you would draw us back to your word. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. When we are consumed by God's heart, we have a passion to know his word. Secondly, I want to start out here tonight, is when we're consumed by the heart of God, we never fear God improperly. We talked a lot about the proper fear of God last week, but when we get to verse 9, David starts fearing God improperly. Verse 9 says, And David was afraid of the Lord that day, and said, How shall the ark of the Lord come to me? And can you stop again and put yourself in the middle of everything that's happening uh, all of these people were, were now gathered around the ark, 30,000 people plus, singing and praising God, and then all of a sudden, somebody drops dead. Okay, we saw that happen a few weeks ago on TV, didn't we? 
uh, Monday Night Football, one of the, the most hyped games of the season, uh, Bengals versus Bills. And uh, what, what happens, you know, partway through the first quarter is DeMar Hamlin goes down. And all the, all the players are looking around, and, uh, and they look at that, and it sucked the whole life out of the stadium. Why? Because they're thinking, this wasn't supposed to happen. We were here to witness a football game, one of the greatest football games of the season. That wasn't supposed to happen. And that's exactly what these Israelites are thinking. We're here praising God. We're bringing the Ark of the Covenant back to Jerusalem. That wasn't supposed to happen. One of our guys is not supposed to, to, to die here today. And all of a sudden, the, 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 the life supposedly gets sucked out of them. And yet God's justice stands firm. His word stands firm. He did the right thing. And here we see David is afraid now of the Lord. In Hebrew, the word is yara. And coincidentally, it functions just the same as, as the English word fear. We use the word fear for fear and reverence, and we also use it in the negative sense of a dread, a dreadful fear. The Hebrew word functions the same way. It's used for proper fear and a dreadful fear. And here we see, because of what he does, he says, how, he, he asks at the end of verse 9, how shall the ark of the Lord come to me? He's in dreadful fear of God. How am I supposed to take this now? Uh, This just killed one of my my best men. How am I supposed to take this to Jerusalem? Here in verse 10, it starts out by saying, So David would not remove the ark of the Lord unto him into the city of David, but David carried it aside into the house of Obed-Edom, the Gideite, and the ark of the Lord continued in the house of of Obed-Edom, the Gideite, three months, and the Lord blessed Obed-Edom and all his household. The Lord is so good, isn't he? And the Lord here is showing us that the goodness of God does bring men to repentance. God blesses over and over and again the the, the house of Obed-Edom here. What do you believe he's showing David at that moment? It wasn't the ark that was the problem. It was the fact that you didn't obey my word, that you were not consumed with my word. You weren't consumed with my heart. And because of that, he ended up fearing God improperly. And we do the same thing. When we don't fear the Lord, when we're not after God in his heart, we end up getting into places of sin and getting off track, and we end up fearing God improperly. You think of Adam and Eve in the Bible. What happened when they sinned against the Lord? They got, God called their name in the middle of the garden there to walk with them. They started fearing the Lord. They hid. Here David isn't hiding, but he's definitely afraid of what would happen if he were to bring the presence of God now to his house. He says, how am I supposed to do this? And he fears God improperly. God wants and is showing David that the ark is not the problem. It was how the people handled the ark that was the problem. So let's keep reading here in verse 12. And it was told the king, uh, King David, saying, The Lord hath blessed the house of Obed-Edom and all that pertaineth unto him because of the ark of God. So David went and brought up the ark of God from the house of Obed-Edom into the city of David with gladness. And it was so... 
that when they bear the ark of God, uh, bear the ark of the Lord, had gone six paces, he sacrificed oxen and fatlings. Then uh, they, they went and they went to get the ark now. And what did they do this time? They bear it. So they did it the right way. The, 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 someone knew what was supposed to happen. They followed the word of the Lord. Lastly here tonight, really starting in verse 14, the last thing that I want us to see here tonight is when we're consumed by the heart of God, we, we have a passion to know his word. We don't end up fearing God improperly, but we then become truly humble before our God. We come to a place of humility before our God. We're not concerned about our self-image or what other people are thinking about us, but we're concerned about God getting glory. Verse 14, And David danced before the Lord with all his might, and David was girded with a linen ephod. So David and all the house of Israel brought up the ark of the Lord with shouting and with the sound of the trumpet. And as the ark of the Lord came into the city of David, Michael, Saul's daughter, looked through the window and saw, the, saw King David leaping and dancing before the Lord, and she despised him in her heart. So David's out there praising the Lord, singing and dancing before the people, causing the people of God to, to, to praise, praise his name. And here Dave, uh, David's wife, Michael, is despising him. She's despising what he's doing. And doesn't that remind you of King Saul? Her father. Well, David is giving glory to God and, and humbling himself before the people. Saul is constantly despising him throughout his lifetime. That's exactly what's, what's happening here. David is humbling himself in the way he is dressing and is not about his own self-respect. He's, he's going before the people, not, not dressed up as, as some sort of king, but really causing them to to say, hey, listen, we need to humble ourselves before the Lord who has blessed us with his presence coming to Jerusalem now. Verse 17, and they brought the ark of the Lord, this is a big moment, and set it in his place in the midst of the tabernacle that David had pitched for it. And David offered burnt offerings and peace offerings before the Lord. And as soon as David had made an end of offering burnt offerings and peace offerings, he blessed the people in the name of the Lord of hosts. And he dealt among the people, even among the whole multitude of Israel, as well as to the women as, as men, to everyone a cake of bread and a good piece of flesh and a flagon of wine. So all the people departed to every one to his house. What do you see about David's humility here? He's serving the people. He's not just teaching them to worship and to praise the Lord, but now he's literally giving to them and serving them. Verse 20, Then David returned to bless his household, and Michael, the, the daughter of Saul, came out to meet David and say, How glorious was the king of Israel today, who uncovered himself today in the eyes of the handmaids of his servants, as one of the vain fellows shamelessly uncovereth himself. I do want to get one thing straight here, and I, I will contradict all of those uh, commentators that put it this way. David was not naked before the people of Israel here. 
That's not, it says he was girded with a linen ephod. And a, a linen ephod in Hebrew times was a common, a common man's dress, a common man's simple robe. And I believe this shows us something here, and I believe it's a type of Christ, a picture of Christ to us, of what David was doing. He had a simple ephod on. Uncovering means that he took off his kingly garments in order to give glory to God. Who else in Scripture left their throne, took off their kingly garments to give glory to the Father? It takes you right back to Philippians 2. That's Jesus Christ. And this right here, I believe, who else? Who else would do it but Christ? David here is a picture of Christ and the fact that Christ laid aside his robes to, give, to, to come and to die for your sins to give God glory. That's, a, that's an exciting thing. Here, if, if you believe that he was naked, it, it totally destroys that picture of Christ. That's not what's happening here. But he is humbling himself to the level of a peasant in the way he was dressing to bring glory to Christ and not to, not to come to them as a king. Verse 21, And David said unto Michael, It was before the Lord which chose me before thy father and before all his house to appoint me ruler over the people of the Lord, over Israel. Therefore will I play before the Lord. And I will yet more, and I will be, and I will yet be more vile than thus. It means more, more vigorous, more. I'll, I'll be more base, if the Lord wants me to. And I will be base in mine own sight, and of the maidservants which thou hast spoken of, of them shall I be had in honor. Therefore, Michael, the, the daughter of Saul, had no child until the day of her death. Michael, did did and liked things the way her, her father did. He, he was, Saul was a man that was concerned about self-image, about doing things with a kingly manner. And here David said, if I need to be more base, if I need to be more humble, if God tells me that I need to do something more out there, then, then I'm going to do it because of what God said. I'm not going to matter about what I think. He's not saying that he's going to do things that are wrong or in that sense, but he would do things that were more humiliating to himself if God told him that he, that would glorify him. Can you think of a prophet in the Bible who did something absolutely humiliating in marrying a harlot? Why did he do it? Because God told him to, and he, God told that, that prophet Hosea, that that would be a picture to Israel of what God wanted to do to them, of what, how God wanted to redeem them and buy them back. And that's exactly what, what David is saying here. I will be more base if I need to. And I wonder tonight, are we more concerned about other people's perspective of us? Or are we here to worship God tonight, and are we concerned about an audience of one? That is Jesus Christ in our life. Do we say, God, I love you, and I want to follow you, and I'm only caring about what you think of my life? I need, I need to, to, to stop having a self-image uh, or being concerned about my self-respect. I need to be concerned about you. Now, I want us to understand here tonight, David was not being obnoxious. Okay, as I've, I've seen 
Christians try to use this passage to be obnoxious in what they do, uh, even to the point of taking what is sacred and making it commonplace. And I don't think that's what the passage is trying to teach us. I believe what the passage is trying to teach us tonight is that we should be consumed. Uh, we should not be consumed with self-image, but we should be consumed with honoring and bringing praise to, to the Lord's name. We should be consumed by the heart of God. And that's what's going to bring us to that place of being humble and, and, and contrite before the Lord. Michael was consumed with the heart of her, her father, King Saul. David was consumed with his heavenly father's heart. And that's why he was the way he was. In the New Testament, we see Jesus' example of this. When Jesus was consumed with the father's heart, he was constantly about whose business? The father's business. And that's whose business we should be concerned with. When we're consumed with God's heart, we're going to be about our Father's business. In your life today, are you consumed in everything that you do that you are bringing a proper reflection and glory to God? Are you consumed by that passion? I'm going to end with this verse here. Matthew chapter 5, verse 16 says, Let your light so shine before men that they may see your good works and glorify your Father which is in heaven. May we as Christians have that kind of heart. We need, we need to, to be consumed by the heart of our Father. And when we do that, we're going to be concerned about His Word. We are, going to, we are not going to fear God improperly, and we are going to be a humble people before our holy God.